Welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com. I'm Christian Rivas, joined as always by the wonderfully talented and handsome Jacob Rude. Uh, I am not just complimenting you because it's late and I felt like you needed to pick me up. I do genuinely mean that. Uh, how are you doing today? You had a little stutter in there right before you started to throw a compliment. I wasn't sure which way, <laughs> which way that the rest of that sentence was about to go. No, I'm doing great. It's a lot. It's a lot more fun staying up late, right? Writing about the Lakers when it was a game like that. Yeah, I couldn't imagine uh, for those who may be listening for the first time or just haven't cared enough to uh, tune into where Jacob lives. Jacob is an Indiana man. And so he has to stay up much later than we do to watch games. We're recording right now. It's 11 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Jacob, would you like to inform everybody what time it is over there? Clock's just about to turn over to 2 a.m. So thank you. Uh, When when you (laughs) think about like, okay, this is just some dumb regular season game. It doesn't matter whether the Lakers win or lose. Always root for the Lakers to win for Jacob. (laughs) That's what I was doing uh, on Sunday night, and it worked out because the Lakers did beat the Grizzlies just barely, 121 to 118. Uh, But up until like the little back and forth free throw battle they got into in the end, it was a very fun game. Like I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, John Morant's incredible. Like, I feel like I probably, I know the Lakers won, Melo moved up and to ninth all time in the scoring list, all that. John Morant was absolutely incredible and was like the only reason um, Memphis was in that game. 40 points, 10 assists, 13 to 21 from the field. Uh, I say he's the only reason he, they were in the game, and yet he was also the only reason we didn't have overtime. Uh, missing that free throw late, effectively ending the game. But, yeah, this was a really fun win. This is There were a lot of things in this win that are kind of how I envisioned and I'm sure how the team envisioned the Lakers at their best would be, uh, whether it was running in the first half, um, surrounding LeBron with shooters in the second half, stuff like that. There was There was a lot of positives to build on from this game. Yeah, I know it's probably mostly a result of injuries. Some of the lineups we saw Frank Vogel play today. Uh, But given how successful they were, starting with the Austin Reeves lineups, uh, one thing that stood out to me about this Memphis game was how quick Frank was to make adjustments. Um, Pulling Rondo out of the rotation, and then real like quickly realizing that Avery Bradley just didn't have it, uh, whether in general or just Sunday night and giving Austin Reeves a bigger role, played 17 minutes, 51 seconds, uh, shot two of three from the field, ended with four points plus 18 in the box score, tied or sorry, the second highest on the team, 
first place was tied between Malik Monk and Carmelo Anthony with a plus 19. Not a bad night for Austin Reeves. And uh, yeah, I expect him. Obviously, it's going to be tough, as we've talked about a few times on this show. It's going to be tough when the guard rotation's fully healthy to sneak Austin Reeves into that rotation. But it seems every time he's played, the Lakers have played well. And if the same isn't true for the guys, I'm assuming they have ahead of Austin in the rotation. I don't imagine it'll be long until Austin gets another look. And by that time, I'd expect Frank to say, okay, you guys had your chance. I'm going to give you an even longer look than, than you were getting in the preseason and even when these guys were out. Yeah. Um, Austin Reeves is like a week ago. One of my bold takes was Austin Reeves is a rotation player. Mm-hmm. And it took three games to prove that that wasn't even a bold take. <laughs> like he is, he's legitimate. The, the pass he had to Dwight in the first half, like, I did a triple take after that. That's when I tweeted like, yeah, no, he he's a rotation player. Like he just so does. He's a perfect glue guy for this lineup and uh, to play next to whether it's LeBron, Russ, AD play next to these stars. Um, he's exactly what you need. It's an easy comparison to, to compare him to Caruso. Uh I know that Lakers fans probably still have that hole in their heart, but there are a lot of things he does that are Caruso-esque. And he at times was guarding jaw. Frank Vogel said after the game, that wasn't the intention coming into the game, but he was doing so well defensively that, uh, that they just decided to to give it a shot Uh, with all due respect to Kent Bazemore. It wasn't like anybody else was doing any better on jaw. Yeah. Uh, and uh but yeah, I mean Austin Reeves is is legit. I he's going to be in this rotation. Um Wayne Ellington should be very nervous right now sitting mm-hmm. on that bench because mm-hmm. I think that's whose minutes are going to be gone uh here real quick. But uh yeah, Austin Reeves is a lot of fun. It feels feels a little weird though on a night when Melo <laughs> scored 30 points to to lead with uh, Austin Reeves. Melo was incredible tonight. He's so much fun. I agree. Let's just pin that really quick because I have one more point <laughs> about Austin Reeves. Go um, for it. I'm here for it. We'll, we'll start the cult. We'll start the club <laughs> right here. There is a there was a tweet before the season started when the hype train started for Austin Reeves, which didn't take long by the way, like the moment the Lakers drafted a white dude that looked like Troy (laughs) Bolton from high school musical, everybody was all in on him. Like you just want that guy to succeed. Um, Alex Caruso with hair. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The one of the tweets I saw was offensively Austin Reeves is already miles ahead of where Alex Caruso was. And I think that's fair. Um, And that was kind of the thing coming out of, or going into the draft is how polished of a player Austin Reeves was as a scorer, but also as like a secondary playmaker. We've seen that secondary playmaking. I don't think we've even seen the tip of the iceberg when it comes to his scoring potential. And I don't imagine we will, 
in his rookie season. He knows why he's there when he's on the floor and what role he plays. And the good news for the Lakers is that he plays it well offensively. But the other part of that tweet is, was, I should say, um, is the gap between Alex Caruso and Austin Reeves was so big that it may never be closed. And that may like be true because Alex Caruso is an elite defender, like a very, very good defender. But I don't think that gap defensively is as big as a lot of people thought it was at the start of the season. He was very, very good defense, like just solid, maybe not elite, but solid enough to be on the floor over some guys who <laughs> can't aren't, aren't even passable. And really when you're on the floor with Russ LeBron, AD, that's all you have to be is passable, particularly with AD and LeBron who, when they want to be your all NBA defenders. So that is, was the thing that stood out to me the most on Sunday night. And the thing that, you know, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but the thing that will get him consideration in the starting lineup and in closing lineups, when you talked about Kent Bays more, you know, not exactly impressing against John Morant and chasing him around. I think against wings, twos and threes, Kent Bazemore is going to be worth every penny. Like he's going to look like an absolute bargain. But chasing those quicker guards around, I think you are going to need an Austin Reeves on the floor. And, you know, if that closing lineup ends up being Russ, Austin Reeves, Kent Bazemore, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, right now, again, it's very early, but right now, you look at that lineup across the board and you say, I could see that very easily being successful. However, the reason that might not be the closing lineup, at least uh, not with Kent Bazemore is because of Carmelo Anthony. Also elite this, uh, this season he's been, even in the preseason, he kind of showed flashes of it. He went nuclear on Sunday, 10 to 15 from the field. Six to eight from three, 28 points. Uh, and they were big baskets. Like the Lakers, they they talked about it, and pretty much everybody that they needed those points tonight. Um, it got hairy at times. They were going back and forth in the third quarter. And then, as you mentioned, late in the game, um, on both ends of the floor, it, it got a little wild, but they needed all 28 of those points from him. And um, we, we, again, last week talked like it might've been even the week before that this is what like Olympic mellow looks like at this point in his career. If this is the type of mellow we're getting, like generally a spot up shooter, um, he can do some other stuff. He had that put back with, I think a little over a minute left, just stuff like that. If that's the version of mellow they're getting. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's going to be in closing lineups. It was a little bit of a heat check to have him take the mid-range uh, post up to potentially ice the game. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know about that play call, but everything else other than that, I loved. I mean, it, you couldn't blame Frank. Like, that. when I watched that play, I was like, okay, but I get the logic because he was on fire. Like, I remember watching Carmelo Anthony – take over games 
when I was younger and been like, this guy is just unreal. Like mm-hmm. one of the most prolific scorers in the game. And I don't know. Not that I didn't think we'd have those moments throughout the season, but geez, I certainly did not expect 28 points off of the bench. Like, but I thought it'd be more touch and go where <laughs> like in that third quarter where it was like, Oh, he hit back to back threes. Like, this is really awesome. And I was uh-huh. like, yeah, that'll, that'll be a cool moment. Those are what I was expecting. Like, Oh, it'll be two or three straight shots here in a row. And, Mello will be doing the three to the dome and Staples Center will be going crazy and they'll be calling timeouts. I was like, yeah, those will be cool. But he's done that like multiple times over and over again this season. And like, uh, obviously, I don't expect him to maintain this level um, of efficiency, but like nothing he's doing isn't like replicable. It's just open looks. It's. He's doing a lot of uh, Alex Regla had a terrific thread today. And then him and Pete had a discussion of some of the kind of pick and pop um, stuff he's doing. Some of the ghost screen stuff uh, to get some of these open looks, whether it's with Russ, whether it's with LeBron. Um, I mean, again, another guy who knows how to play with star players in a different way um than an austin reeves but he knows where his openings are and i mean there were multiple threes he took tonight that were just wide open because he knows where to move and where his defender is looking and um it led to open looks and yeah i mean a lot of the stuff is replicable and um i also don't think it's a it's a coincidence that um this offense has looked a lot better with Melo on the floor because in general, that means AD is playing the five and mm-hmm. DeAndre or Dwight are not on the court, but uh, the Lakers don't really have a lot of four options that um, we've talked about that. Uh, they obviously were relying on Trevor Reza a lot, but uh, that Melo can come in and be this uh, kind of dynamic offensive floor spacer uh, really opens up this offense and, He's going to be playing big minutes. I think he's going to be in the closing lineup quite a bit. Um, he's done enough defensively. It hasn't been great at times, but he's done enough defensively that uh, he's able to stay on the floor. So uh, Melo is a ton of fun, man. I, I thoroughly am, am enjoying this Carmelo Anthony experience. Yeah, and for the, I guess not not like Anthony Davis at center truthers because, you know, if you're going to make a point that Anthony Davis shouldn't play center, it was not Sunday's game. He was terrific yeah. at center, flying yeah. around the floor everywhere. I loved every second of it. Uh, but to the point of Carmelo Anthony playing the four alongside Anthony Davis and not working, the closing lineup, I, and I think a lot of people have assumed that Lakers will go with the Russell Westbrook, Kent Bazemore, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis uh, was a negative 58.3 net rating uh, <laughs> in three it's minutes on the play. I, okay. It's not where I thought you were going with that. Listen, but I, that uh, the thing that's impressive to me uh, about what Carmelo Anthony was able to do and kind of speaks to, I think, or, or maybe not speaks to you, but should inspire confidence in 
Frank Vogel's harshest skeptics about his rotations and how he'll figure it out. Dwight Howard had another good game. Uh, and I've seen in wake of DeAndre Jordan's performances, a lot of people call for Dwight Howard to, you know, start in place of DeAndre Jordan. And, you know, there are cases for and against it. But I think the biggest case against it is Dwight Howard can be the anchor for that second unit defensively. You look at the lineups Carmelo Anthony thrived with today it are, are going to be lineups that when you're staggering LeBron James and Anthony Davis and you want to play those five out lineups with Carmelo Anthony at the four and a traditional center, you can do it because a really, really, really small sample size. But LeBron, Melo, Dwight, Malik Monk, and Austin Reeves in five minutes together, a 41.7 net rating. And then uh, Russ, Austin Reeves, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, and Dwight Howard, seven minutes, 33.3 net rating. The formula is there. We know it works. LeBron James and three shooters in the center. It works. And I, watching the game, thought to myself when this team's fully healthy and Frank's able to get his rotations going and play the the lineups he wants to play. I think not only Carmelo Anthony and Dwight Howard will look a lot better, but we kind of saw today, everybody's going to benefit from being with the guys they should be on the floor with. And whether or not Frank knows that, or knew that at the start of the season and is adjusting now or knew that at the start of the season and just wanted to, you know, see what guys had and, and what could, what given guys an opportunity to prove themselves at the start of the season, whatever the case may be, I think he'll figure it out. And I think the Lakers will figure it out. So I don't know about you, but I, I left this game feeling optimistic very much so. Vogel is very much someone as well that um, regardless of how you may think a lineup will work, he's going to try it. Mm-hmm. Like we we know there's cert- like Russ and Rondo together. Like we, we pretty much knew how that was going to go. He gave it a decent run and then he pulled Rondo tonight. And it was Austin Reeves that got all those minutes and Malik Monk at times as well. Um, I would imagine that is probably going to be something that carries – forward uh, especially as well as austin reeves is playing uh but going back to mellow i looked up some numbers while you were talking uh through tonight's game sunday's game uh mellow and anthony davis have played the four and five uh for 45 minutes together and have a 20 plus 21.7 net rating uh that um is in comparison to uh, Mello and Dwight have played 30 minutes together and have a minus 13.5. Right. Yeah. And, but that goes to kind of the point you were saying in general, but uh, when it comes to Mello and AD, I also thought it was interesting during the preseason AD kept talking about how much him and Mello have talked on the court and talked about a lot of defensive stuff and, when there's a pick and roll, what are we doing and stuff like that? Um, I think, and that was when I first realized like, oh, maybe Melo's going to have like a pretty big role on this team. 
Um, so he's valuable because he has a skill set that really nobody else does on the Lakers as a floor spacing four. Uh, maybe Trevor Reza does. It's going to be to be determined on him for quite a while now. So for the current iteration of the Lakers, he's very valuable. Uh, and if he's able to perform, obviously he's not going to score 28 points every night. He probably, I'd be surprised if he did it again this season, but if he's able to, to hit those types of shots, those types of three pointers, force defenses to, um, be aware of where he is on the court, that just further opens things up, uh, for this Lakers offense, which you saw what happened when DeAndre went to the bench, AD went to the five and, everything pretty much changed right from the get-go um, on Sunday. So, yeah, this offense looks a lot better when 80s at the five. And, again, I think uh, say Vogel probably knows that, but he also probably wanted a sample size of what DeAndre looks there. I'd be surprised if DeAndre is the starting center for much longer. Yeah, I think that's probably a safe bet. And if if he is – the starting center i can't imagine he'll finish in the top six or even seven minutes per game for the reg like for the regular season he only has 14 minutes tonight which is less than austin reeves so yeah he's even if he starts he's not going to be getting big minutes i'm uh i'm excited i'm excited for the direction this team is headed in Uh, We're going to take a quick break and then we'll share some of our final thoughts on the week ahead for the Lakers and uh, anything else that's on our minds. (laughs) Welcome back. Uh, Lakers coming up have a pretty after like two tough games, I'd say against the Warriors and Suns, two teams I think are good. I don't know if that's a hot take too, too spicy <laughs> for the pop. Um, they have a pretty easy schedule coming up generally speaking, but especially this week, they have the Spurs on Tuesday, the thunder on Wednesday, and then the Cleveland Cavaliers on Friday. If there were ever a time for the Lakers to test things out or try to get yep. somebody going, it, it is going to be, this stretch of games and I th- the past two games I think Russell Westbrook has got some nice momentum going and these are the games where I'd like to see him kind of capitalize on that and you know show a bigger leap than what he's shown that first half tonight I was I don't even know what the word would be almost captivated by how much Russ was controlling the game and not scoring. He ended up going on a little bit of a flurry, I think, late in the second quarter. I think he actually scored nine straight points. But up to that point, he was controlling the game with his passing. He had 10 assists at halftime. Uh, He certainly is feeling more and more comfortable um, within the offense. And, I mean, I should say credit to DeAndre for – the numbers don't look good. The plus minus numbers, the advanced numbers aren't going to look good. It's not, 
it, at least tonight, it wasn't for like lack of trying. Like he was good in his um, 14 minutes. It's just kind of what he does to the offense that mm-hmm. creates the problems. But Russ was able to find him a couple times on some rim runs and some dump offs. Um, Ru- yeah, Russ is kind of slowly getting into the feel of things. Uh, he was better on Friday. He was never going to be as bad as he was against the Warriors. That was like one of his worst games ever, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously he was always going to get better from there. But yeah, 13 points, 13 assists. The assists I thought really stuck out to me. Also, it was really interesting. And they talked about it um, after the game. I think I might uh do something about it uh, when you're reading this on Monday or listening to this on Monday, the LeBron Russ pick and rolls uh, to close the game uh, were super interesting because uh, Russ doesn't ever set ball screens. He never had coming into this season. Uh, Now is an understatement, but it just wasn't, he would do it very, very sparingly. And, but that was always, that's always been how LeBron kind of gets his mismatches and it was something I there was some a little bit of film on it from playing alongside James Harden, um, but they just didn't really go to that at any point. Uh, the Lakers went to it in the third game of the season. They talked about it. Vogel said it's something that they've talked a lot about. So this is, I think, something that's going to continue. And this is one of those things where you said if they want to try some things out here in the uh, coming week, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more of that. It's harder to do in the flow of the game because um, everything's not really slowed down. It works a lot more in close games, which I hope the Lakers aren't playing against OKC, Houston, or the Cavs, or whoever they're playing. Um, But I just thought that was really interesting um, seeing that. They They went to it a couple times. Uh, one time it worked for an AD dunk. One time LeBron and AD both cut at the same time, and it was a turnover. But those are why you need the reps. I think it's really encouraging. If you're playing four on three with Russ and AD as two of those guys, you're going to score. So I was just I, – I thought that was really interesting. The other, like, little Russ, LeBron, AD wrinkle I found funny, I believe it was during the beginning of the fourth quarter – there was a play where LeBron had a cut to the rim, dumped the ball off to AD, AD dumped the ball off to a cutting Russ, and it was like hot potato. It was like Russ, AD, or sorry, LeBron, AD, Russ, and then Russ kicks it out to the corner, wide open shooter. Because if you're you're having Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis attacking the rim, screw anybody else who's on the corner you just (laughs) you know you gamble with that yeah uh obviously it was a turnover in the play i mentioned but man once those passes start connecting and everybody gets on the same page i think that's when you i mean shots aren't going to fall every night as we saw in the first round of of last year's postseason and really just towards the end of the season in general lakers couldn't make three-point shot um but that's that's good basketball kicking it out to the open shooter and and those type of shots are exactly what you want and russ lebron ad are the types of guys you want 
getting those shots and, and can get you those shots. And Carmelo Anthony is, you know, somebody you want taking that, those shots and wants to take those shots. So I, and you know what he, I, I wouldn't say he had like an outstanding game, but I will say Malik Monk is another one of those guys that just comes off as unafraid of the moment to me. And another one of those guys I think is both capable and wants to take those shots. So really I mean, excited. Those, throws, those free throws Malik hit late were really big. Ice in his veins. Were, yeah, those are ice cold. Those were some Sasha Vujicic wasn't even shooting free throws types of uh shots yeah just kind of to that same point when talking about um the lakers there being a lot of things that from this game that were kind of the ideal version of the lakers that first quarter i want to say it ended up being about a 22 to 5 run deandre comes out malik monk comes in austin reeves eventually came in the lakers were scooting down the court They were flying down the court, um, creating turnovers, getting stops, and then just booking it. And there were a couple threes, a couple layups. There was the one play where Austin Reeves forces a turnover and Russ in one motion catches it and throws it the length of the court to Reeves for a layup. Like That specifically is what these Lakers want to be, is forcing the stops and then just flying right back at you. And with Russ and LeBron, you are almost certainly going to have one of those guys on the floor for 48 minutes. So that will wear teams down. And uh, that is there's just glimpses throughout now and they're getting longer and longer of um, what the Lakers can be. They preach patience like nonstop during the preseason. Uh, they tested everybody's patience in those first two games, especially that Suns game was brutal. But uh, I, I kind of wrote um, that this week the Lakers need to start kind of making good on that patience they've been preaching. And Sunday was a big step in that way. I thought. Look at us. After one, I I personally don't think I ever freaked out. I said I promise I'd start caring after the All Star break. Um, <laughs> That doesn't mean I, I won't care when they do something good. I think at this point, I'm just waiting for the results I expect to happen. And there will be some regression, no doubt, from those expectations. Uh, I, I hope this isn't as good as it gets. It was a fun win. but There are definitely some things that need to be cleaned up. Uh, so I, let's see how this week goes. I anticipate we'll have... Lots of fun stuff to talk about. Russell Westbrook playing against the Thunder. That's always that's always a good game. Uh, but if not, I guess we'll see you then and we'll, <laughs> we'll deal with whatever we we have uh, in store for us.